But today we begin a new series called Covenant, Living the Good Life. Kind of an odd uh, title here. The word covenant is an old word. It's a, it's a biblical term. It's not something that we use in our modern language very often. And yet, it is living the good life. It's the best way. It's the God way. But if we don't understand what covenant means, how could we know that it's a better way to live than the way of the world? There are multiple options on how you can face life and how you can go through life, but I am convinced that living life in covenant is God's plan and it's God's way. Grab your Bibles with me and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 12 through 15. While you do, let me mention one other thing to you that I forgot. Uh, we're going to the XO Marriage Conference, and I would love to have uh, all of you come with us. If you want more details, it's in Houston. It's, it's uh, going to be huge. It's going to be great. Sign up at the Connection Desk, and uh, Pastor Lindsay and I will be there. Look forward to seeing you. If you've already signed up online, make sure you let us know that you're going. We'd like to connect with everybody, maybe sit together, maybe act like we know each other. Sign up at the Connection Desk. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 12 through 15. If you're there, say amen. If you're following along on your app notes, say I'm ready. That wasn't a lot. If you don't are not aware, uh, you can pull up our sermon notes on our Triumph Church app, and you can follow along with us. Uh, you can take notes, and you can email them to yourself so you can go back later and remind yourself of what we talked about. Verse 12. You are standing here today to enter into the covenant of the Lord your God. The Lord is making this covenant, including the curses. By entering into the covenant today, he will establish you as his people and confirm that he is your God, just as he promised you and as he swore to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, let's get a picture of here what's going on before we continue reading. Moses is standing before the Israelites and they are confirming, they are entering into this covenant with God. It's the, the covenant of the law of Moses. It's the old covenant. We don't live under the old covenant any longer. We live under the new covenant that Jesus brought forth. Uh, the, the new covenant that Jesus brought is actually a fulfillment of the old covenant. So what we see in the old covenant gives us the foundation and the principles of what Jesus fulfilled in our new covenant. Are you tracking with me? But this is Moses standing before the Israelites. And here's what he says. You are entering into a covenant with the Lord your God. But he says something interesting. He says, just as he promised you and as he swore to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, what I love about this is Moses is trying to let the people understand something. God is establishing a covenant with us today, but this is not something new for God. He has always been a God of covenant. He had a covenant, covenant with Abraham, and he had a covenant with Isaac, and he had a covenant with Jacob. And now he's making a covenant with us. Moses in this moment is establishing a history of a covenant-making God. He keeps going. But you are not the only ones with whom I am making this covenant with its curses. I am making this covenant both with you who stand here today in the presence of our Lord God and also with the future generations who are not standing here today. So let's, let's look at what Moses has done and, and what God is speaking through Moses. 
First off, he's standing before the people, and he said, God is entering into a covenant with you today. God's saying, I am coming into covenant with you today. But here's what God wants to do. He first establishes that this is not something new, that I have been in covenant with my people uh, uh, all the way back to the father of your faith, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. This gives the, the, the mindset of, from the beginning, I have been a God of covenant. I am a God of covenant now, but he doesn't end there. He said, it's not only for you, but it is for future generations who are not standing here today. Here's what God is showing. Throughout the course of history, he's always been a God of covenant, and he will always be a God of covenant. He wants to be with, in covenant with me, and he wants to be in covenant with you. That's the type of relationship that God wants. That, that's, uh, covenant is a huge word in Scripture. As a matter of fact, it might be the most important and the largest uh, topic or theme throughout Scripture, and yet we don't even talk about it that much. Somehow, in just a couple of weeks, I'm going to try to talk to you about why living in covenant is better than living out of covenant, and yet it's such a massive subject, I don't know how to get it done. Why don't we talk about it much? Why don't we understand it? Because we don't live in a covenant culture. We live in a contract culture. Think about it. Think about the shows that you love on TV, the, the reality shows that you love on TV, the, the Bachelor and the Bachelorette. The moment I don't like you as much as I like the next person, you're out. Uh, survivor. You don't do everything right, and you don't do everything your, uh, the right way, and just perfectly, you're out. Reality TV shows are fun to watch, but they also represent um, the heart of our culture today. If you don't treat me right, I don't have to take this, I'm out of here. We live in a social media society, right? So you pull out your phone, and you say, man, I've got a thousand in friends, but if you don't talk to me right, I'm going to have 999, and you will be unfriended. I like, the, I like the commercial of the, of the old ladies, and she has the people on their, her wall. Have you seen that one? And she takes the sticky note off and says, I, I unfriend you. And she says, I don't think that's how it works. Fantastic commercial. Uh, but, but we live in a society that says if you don't say it right, or you don't act just right, or you do something wrong, or I, I just don't like your beliefs on God, or politics, or something else, then I unfriend you. And we walk away from people so quickly. Contract society. If someone offers me just a little bit better, or even the thought that it might be just a little bit better, I'm out of here. Have you seen the latest commercial with, you remember the Verizon guy, Paul, that said, can you hear me now? He's now working for Sprint. Hi, I'm Paul. I used to say, can you hear me now? But then he, le he went to work for his competitor. He had dogged them and trashed them. But for like a 1% difference or whatever, now he has switched sides. Do you remember the days when, when commercials were not allowed to directly attack their competitor? The gloves are off now. Because we live in a contract-based society. And... When something even just appears to be better than what we currently have, we'll cut you off, get out of the contract, and we'll move on to the next. We live in a contract-based society, but this is not how God intended it. 
Contracts are not better than covenants. Now, contracts serve a purpose. I will tell you that you don't want to be in covenant with everyone, but you need to be in covenant with someone. Covenant is a a bond. It it is a coming together between two parties. The Hebrew word is the word berit. Uh, The two parties are in relationship, and they are bound together. It's more than words on a piece of paper, but they are bound together. Pastor Chris Hodges defined covenant this way, as a solemn agreement between two parties for the purpose of creating, uh, of creating and maintaining a successful relationship. At the heart of covenant is this, better relationships. Why is this important? Why do we call this living the good life? Well, if I were to ask you this question right now, and I want you to think about what your answer would be. If I say to you, how is your life? Man, how, how's life treating you? What are you going to start going to? Well, how's my marriage? Am I in the middle of a fight with my wife? If I am, then life's not treating me well. Well, um, I'm a little broke right now, and I'm struggling with my finances, and, and uh, my kids need new school shoes, and my, and my wife's car needs new tires, and I, I'm trying to get a, a new mattress because mine's 40 years old, and, it, and we flipped it so many times that we don't even know which way's the top anymore, and So we start talking about money, but yet it relates back to how it impacts the relationships in our family. We start thinking about our job. If I say, how's your job going? One of the first things, two things you go to is, uh, or or three things is, uh, how much money you make, what you actually do, and who you do it with. And how many of you know, when you love the people you're with, as much as you hate the work, you can handle it as long as you enjoy the people you're with. But when you are doing what you love with people you hate, You're always looking for a way out, right? Because everything in life ties back to relationships. Somehow, regardless of how you answer that question, you will find that it ties back to relationships. And when the relationships in your life are going well, we have this view that life is going well. But when the relationships in our life are going poorly, we have this view that life is going poorly. So covenant is all about building and maintaining successful relationships, better relationships. So if we understand that God has always been about covenant, and covenant is about better relationships, then we realize this thing that God in our lives, in your world, in everything you do, is all about better relationships in your life. And if you were living a life of covenant in the right places, the main relationships, would, what might be going better, might be not causing so much pain and so much uh, hurt in your life, but might be leading to a more successful life, a happier life, a better life. Life is better in covenant. The problem is we are living in contractual relationships that God designed to be covenant relationships. We're living in relationships, maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's with your family, uh, maybe it's with your church, maybe it's with God, and we aren't living under the rules of a contract when God intended it to be a covenant relationship. This causes us problems. So before we dive into those problems and what they might be, let's start to, um, let's create some differences here on how to know what is a contract and what is a covenant. Are you with me? All right, why don't we, did we pray already? feel like we should pray. I don't know why. That'd be all right? 
All right. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you that we get to come together to worship you, to love you, to sing your praises. Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you enter into this place right now, that you speak through me, that my words would not be mere words of man's wisdom, but lace them with the power of the Holy Spirit and the demonstration of our, of our Savior, Jesus. Speak to our hearts. Open up our minds. Challenge us with the power of your word. I thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So what are, what are some of the differences between a contract and a covenant? Number one, a contract is based on distrust, but a covenant is based on absolute trust. Think about the contracts that you've written in your life. You write it in such a way and you go through all of the things that they might do to get out of it or to go back on what they said or to do something hurtful to you, you are expecting them to do something wrong. So you put it all in writing, and, and you write it all down to keep them bound to a contract to do what they were supposed to do in the first place. But a covenant is based on absolute trust. I recognize in covenant that we're going to make mistakes, and we're going to get things wrong. But I am trusting that at the end of the day, we, you will have my best interest at heart, and I will have your best interest at heart. And somehow we will bring this thing back together, and our relationship will be better and stronger and longer lasting together. And I'm trusting you in that. You see, but that takes, that takes a commitment, because I have to step out almost on faith. You stand before your wife on your wedding day, and you're making these vows. I'll do this, and I'll do that, and I'll do this. But there's no written contract. You didn't sign your name to a piece of paper that said you'll never get in an argument, you'll never hurt each other. But at the, at, in that moment, there is this absolute trust that even when we're getting it wrong, we're going to keep coming back together. The contract's based off distrust. The contract says, put it in writing. Covenant says, I trust you even when it's not clearly stated. Number two, a contract protects rights and limits responsibilities. But a covenant gives up rights and picks up responsibility. A contract says, I want to do the least and get the most. I, don't want, I want to be responsible for as little as I can and get the most. That's why we leave contracts, because someone else offers us fewer, uh, fewer responsibility and more rights, more benefits than the last person. So we cut off that contract and go into another one. But a covenant says, you know what? It's not about my rights. I'm giving them up to be in covenant with you. You go back to your covenant marriage and the vows, and we start talking about how we're going to put others first instead of us. I'm laying down my right to do what I want to do anytime I want. Why? Because I am in covenant with you. But what I am going to pick up is the responsibility. When I got married, I picked up the responsibility to be the head of my household, to love my wife. Uh, and, and you say, well, wives are supposed to submit to their husbands. They are. But what he goes on to say is, husbands, give your life for your spouse just as God, Christ, gave his life for the church. I'm laying down my rights and I'm picking up my responsibility that, yes, I may want to do this in my life, but what's better for my family and what's better for my wife is to do something else. So I pick up my responsibility. A 
contract protects rights and limits responsibility. A covenant says, I'm giving up my rights and I'm going to take on more responsibility. Number three, a contract has personal convenience in mind, but a covenant has the interest of others in mind. Contract says, whatever's best for me, whatever's easiest for me, whatever fits into my world, into my life. A a, a contract says, I don't want to go out of my way to help you, but if it's on my way, or if it somehow directly benefits me, then I'll do it. But a covenant says, you know what? Whatever the cost, I'm going to help you. Covenants were in the Old Testament, they called it cutting covenants. It wasn't just in the, in the Hebrew culture, but it was in uh, several surrounding cultures where they would cut covenant. And men would go to battle, and men would go to war, and men would lay down their lives, not because it was written in a contract or a treaty, but because they had cut covenant together. And so it wasn't about what their, their um, personal convenience, but they would put others' interest in mind. Number four. Are you okay this morning? All right, I know I'm not telling funny stories right now. We'll be okay. I'll tell you some next week, maybe. Probably not. A contract requires no personal relationship. We talked about phones earlier. I have a contract with AT&T. I'm not in the middle of the Verizon Sprint War that's going on right now. I am Switzerland in this deal. See, that made you laugh? That got something from me? That was cheesy. Okay, it's all right. I love you, though. I appreciate it. I, ha- I-, I have a contract with AT&T. I don't know AT&T. I couldn't tell you the CEO or the COO or the CFO or the vice president or anybody there. I don't even know anybody at the local AT&T store. I don't have any personal relationship with AT&T, but I do have a contract. And as long as I give them my money on the right day of the month, I have a phone. But a covenant at its core is all about relationship. You see the difference here. You can have contracts with all type of people. And when the contract ends, you can either have a relationship with them or not. But it doesn't matter because a contract uh, requires no personal relationship. But a covenant is all about building better relationships. We may go through high times and we may go through low times, but our relationship is going to be stronger through it. Number five. A contract requires a signature. You bought a house. You rented an apartment. You purchased a vehicle. You got a new phone. You went down and borrowed some money to get that new couch. Whatever it was, when you signed that contract... When you, when you made that contract, you had to put your signature on it, which implies I am committing to this and I can't go back on it because my signature is on it. But a covenant, you don't need a signature. I just mentioned to you that, that kings would go to war with each other, not because they signed a treaty, but because they were in covenant. Covenant requires character, will, and commitment. Covenant requires character when things are not going your way to, to show up anyway. Things are, a covenant requires will to make a decision that I am going to do the right thing at all times. I will do the right thing. It requires commitment. Here's what covenant says. Even when the other party is not holding up their end, 
I'm committed to the covenant. Why is this important? Because God has a covenant with us. That's what we have with God. It's not just a relationship. It's not just a contract. If we say a prayer, then we'll get into heaven. If we say no to sin, then we'll get into heaven. No, 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 no. We don't have a contract with God. We have a covenant with God. And even when we mess up our end of the deal, study scripture, read it from, from cover to cover. It talks about how God was kept coming back to his people he was because he was in covenant with them. And even though they didn't live up to their end of the bargain, he kept coming. The Bible says time and time again, and God remembered his covenant with his people. And God remembered his covenant with his people. And he remembered his covenant. You see, covenant re requires character and will and commitment. That's what God has shown us, even though we have fallen away time and time again, he keeps coming to us. Not because we are in a contract and he wants his money, but because he is cov in covenant and he promised that he would would <clears throat> contracts are the easy way covenant is the hard way so so how do things get better in life because covenant's about better relationships and life is better when our relationships are better god has always been about covenant from genesis to revelation um Five relationships that you need in your life that, that, that God designed to be covenant. Five relationships God designed to be covenant. Number one is this. He designed his relationship to you to be a relationship of covenant, a covenant relationship. So let's ask this question. Are you, is your relationship with God a covenant relationship or a contract relationship? See, the Bible says in James chapter 2, verse 23, And so it happened, happened, just as the scriptures say, that Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith, and he was even called the friend of God. Do you know that God wants to be your friend? Yes, he wants to be Savior. He wants to be God. He wants to be Creator, but he also wants to be your friend because he wants a relationship with you. He doesn't just want to do things for you. He wants a relationship with you. Do you have a covenant or a contract relationship with God? Go through the list. Is my relationship with God based on distrust or absolute trust? Do I have a contract with God? Do I put things into writing wondering like, okay, God, at what point are you going to mess up and, and leave me out and I'm going to have to get out of this thing? No, but I'm trusting with God. We sang that song this morning, I Believe in You. You're a God of Miracles. Here's the truth of that song. Um, the guy who wrote and sings that song, he wrote this song after his young child, his, his son, lost his life. And he had a long battle with an illness that ended with his son losing his life. And yet this guy said, I'm in covenant with God. And even when things didn't go my way, I still believe that you're a God of miracles. When things don't go your way with God, do you back out and say, forget it? Or do you stay in covenant with God, believing that he still is a God of miracles? Is it all about your rights and your, uh, protecting your rights and limiting your responsibility? I have a right to do this and a right to do that, but no responsibility in my life? Or... Is it about giving up your rights because I am a servant of God? Picking up responsibility. Is your relationship with God that of personal convenience? Or is it about the interest of others? 
Is it, a, is it about, do you have a, a contract with God where there's no relationship? Or do you really have a relationship with Him? Number five, it, it, did you have to make a signature? Did you sign a card and say, well, that was it. I, I signed my name. I live for Jesus now. Or do you have a covenant that requires character and will and commitment? First relationship that you have to have a covenant with is, is your relationship with God. It's got to be a covenant relationship. The second one is going to at first sound the same, but it's very different. God intended that we have a covenant relationship with our church. Why are these different? Um, You see, sometimes we can get confused and think that going to church will save us. Paying our tithes will save us. Serving as an usher will save us. Singing in the choir will save us. That if I can do enough for the church... Then, then I will get into heaven, but those things are not connected in that way. Only God can save us. But what the church can do, and the church, what the church is here to do, is to build one another up, to support each other, to, to lift each other up, to be there in the difficult times, to disciple, to, to grow, to help us stay connected with God, to when you're going through difficult times, you have someone to share your burdens with, as we talked about last week, to, to lift us up and carry us with, is to help us discover our destiny, discover our purpose, to find a way to realize the giftings that God has put in us and how they can impact not only this church, but the world. God wants you to be in covenant with your church, though you don't have a church i hope that you will strongly consider and pray about making triumph your home but let's not enter a contract relationship if you've got a contract relationship it's all about protecting your own personal interest and not the interest of the whole if you've got a a a contract relationship with the with the church it's all about taking up your own rights and limiting your own responsibility But when you're in a covenant relationship with the church, you lay down your own rights. You lay down your own uh, best ideas and plans and wants and desires. And you pick up the responsibility to help others around you and to reach the world for Jesus. Are you with me? If If we have a contract with our church, we will end up in a place where the moment something doesn't go correctly for us, we're out. I'm gone. I'm going to replace my church. I'm going to replace my pastor. I'm going to replace my small group. I'm going to replace with with somebody else that will do it more like I want it and do it more my way. But when we're in covenant together, we say, man, I know we're all flawed and we all mess up and we all make mistakes, but together we can do this thing. Are you in covenant with your church? Are you in contract with your church? Well, Number three, you, you've got to have a covenant relationship with your spouse and with your family. If you're in contract with your spouse, you'll live life with one foot out the door. Every time she says something wrong, every time he does something wrong, remember it's based off of distrust, right? Every time he comes home a little bit late, every time he's talking on the phone out in the yard, every time she's texting and you don't know what she's texting about, you're wondering who she's talking to. Who's he talking to? Are they doing something they're not supposed to be doing? And you're wondering, you always live this life of distrust with one foot out the door just waiting. If things don't, if you don't, if you don't act right, I'm out of here. There are times in life when, the, when divorce is necessary. The divorce is a painful thing, and it ought to be a last option. If you've gone through divorce, I don't want to condemn you today. 
I don't want to bring shame or hurt or embarrassment to your life, but I want you to bring the love of God that he might shine on your life. And if there's any place in your heart that needs to be healed, that he would heal it and that he would lift you up. And whatever relationship you're in today, may it be built off covenant that together you can be in covenant with each other and covenant with God. Divorce happens, but until it does, are you living in contract or covenant? Number four is uh, our destiny friends. Destiny friends. What do you mean by that? What, what do you mean by that? Well, we have a lot of acquaintances in our world. There, there's some interesting things that have happened. Our world has gotten smaller. Talked about social media a few minutes ago. Our world has gotten smaller. We're connected with more people. And yet, in the midst of that, we can be isolated more than ever. We can hit like, and we can hit follow, but we can, we can at the same time, we, we, we have just enough of the world to keep them at arm's length, but not enough to let them in and hurt us. I'm not against social media. I use it on a regular basis. It's a wonderful tool. It helps me um, know what's going on in, in many of your lives and, uh, and be able to connect and pray with you and, I, and connect with a lot of people. I absolutely love it. But it's not a substitute for covenant relationships. You need relationships in your life that can be there when the storms are raging all around you. James said it like this, count it pure joy, my brethren, when trials and when testing and when temptations of many kinds come. Not if they come, but when they come. You are going to go through storms in your life. Can I get an Amen. If you've lived longer than a couple of years, you have gone through some difficult things and you needed people to walk through the storm with you. And it can't be, well, who's up on our contract today? No, you've got to have some people that are committed to you that are, and, and you're committed to them because one day they're lifting you up and the next day you're lifting them up. You can't be in covenant with everyone. It's not even healthy, but you need to be in covenant with someone. Someone that has your best interest at heart. Someone that's going to protect you. Someone that will go to war with you and for you. Someone that will look at you and say, you're dead wrong. Get it right. Someone that will look at you and say, you've fallen away from God. Pick it back up. Let's go do this thing. Someone that will celebrate your big times. Someone that will, will stand alongside you on your wedding day and will cry over your casket on your funeral. Someone that will be there when your baby is born and someone that will be there when you've got to go bail them out of jail. You need covenant relationships in your life. The Bible, uh, um, uh, not the Bible, uh, one of my great friends, Pastor uh, Scott Jones, says that life moves at the speed of relationships. Are the relationships in your life holding you down or moving you forward? Are they dragging you backwards or are they pushing you to be the person that God created you to be? You need covenant relationships with people that are going to see what God has for you in your life and help you get there. Not see your dreams and like Joseph, throw you into a pit. Don't be in covenant with the wrong people, but you need to be in covenant with someone. And then number five is career associates. Career associates. Um, it's a it's a dog eat dog world out there. We'll leave this job for a better job. We'll leave Verizon to go to Sprint. You pay me a little bit more, I'm out of here. You talk to me wrong, I'm out of here. I don't like what you're doing, I'm out of here. We're gone. We leave. And we end up going through our life in in contracts, 
rather than covenants. Again, you can't be in covenant with everyone. But the problem is, how fun is it to live your life always distrusting everyone, wondering every time someone says something good to you, wondering if there's a but behind it, can't even receive the praise because you're wondering when the but comes, when the, when the backside comes. Are you tracking with me? We need covenant relationships, people that we can connect to. They're going the same direction as we are. They have the same values that we have. And, and God is divinely connected with you. If you're a business person here, you need divine connections in your life. You don't even have to be in the same uh, same uh, uh, scope in the, in, the, in the same business, but you need people that you can connect to, that you can walk through life with, that when, when you are making difficult decisions, they have your best interest at heart and the same values and they have a word of God in them that they can help you move forward. Business relationships. Five areas. Are, are you living your life contractually rather than in covenant? You see, covenant is how God designed us. It's how he made us. Covenant is safe, but it's definitely not painless. Covenant is more dependable. It's more durable. It's more beneficial. But it can also hurt. Contractual relationships are necessary and can be very helpful in our life. But if you are trying to live in a covenant relationship as if it were a contract, you're going to be frustrated and hurt. A few years ago, and you've heard me talk about this probably several times, but a few years ago, um, when I was about 29 or so, I ended up with shingles. And I got shingles uh, coming down the inside of my left arm here. I still have scars kind of just above my elbow on the inside right here. And, uh, but I didn't know what they were. I'd never had shingles before. As the doctor told me, he looked at me and he said, you realize that shingles is an old man disease. And I was like, Yes. <laughs> I had shingles on my arm, and so I didn't know what it was, and someone told me that it was um, poison ivy. Well, I'd never had poison ivy before either, so I am treating it like poison ivy. Let me just tell you, treating your shingles like it's poison ivy is going to do the opposite. It is not going to help you. And it, and it dried everything out even worse. So already my nerves were in extreme pain. I had these scabs building up on my arm, and I was in extreme pain. As a matter of fact, I came to church on Sunday. We were in our old building, and I preached, and I lifted. And as long as I kept my arm still, it was mostly okay. But at one point, I got all excited telling the story something. I threw my arms up, and the scabs, like, ripped open, and I started bleeding down my arm. I stuck my hand. Most of you don't even know this story. True story. I stuck my hand in my pocket the rest of the sermon, and, like, blood was dripping down the inside of my sleeve the entire time. It was horrible. If you've ever had shingles, it is terrible. But here's the deal. I was treating the shingles with the wrong medicine. I was treating them like they were poison ivy. But the moment I went to the doctor and I got the right medication, and I got that pain pill, my shingles started going away. So, yeah, I had scars here, still do. But if I had gone to the doctor in the first place and dealt with my shingles as shingles, they would have never gotten that bad. There are relationships in your life that are designed to be covenant relationships. But if you're trying to live them out as contract relationships, 
You're trying to fix them like they're contract relationships. You're going to end up hurt. You're going to end up bruised. You're going to end up bleeding. You're, you're going to end up treating the wrong symptom. One final story, and I'm closing if, if my team could help me. There's a man, two men in the Old Testament, David and, and Jonathan. Jonathan was Saul's son. Saul was the king. David was the future king. Jonathan and David were covenant friends. They had entered into a covenant relationship. It wasn't based on a contract. It wasn't based on David's relationship with Saul. But they had covenanted together. They had joined together. They had bonded together in a deep relationship. As the story goes on, Saul and Jonathan end up dying in battle at the hands of the Philistines while David's fighting the Amalekites. Jonathan had a son. His name was Mephibosheth. He was looking at life and, the, and, and his nurses and, and his, the people taking care of him were looking at life through the ways of the world. And they said this, with Saul and Jonathan dead and David next to be king, what he'll have to do is he'll have, have to put to death all of Saul's descendants if he wants to be king. And so Mephibosheth, who was five years old, his nurse, nurse swoops him up and she takes him away and she takes him into hiding. For years, Mephibosheth lived. He had three major problems. Number one was he was isolated and he was alone. He was cut off from the relationships in his life. He, he, she built walls around him and he continued to build walls around him because he thought they would protect him. Because the contract between David and his father had ended. He was isolated and alone. Calling it protection. But living by himself. Number two. In the process of leaving and running and hiding. He, he ends up breaking and injuring both of his feet. And he could not walk. He was now crippled. So he ended up living his life. In physical pain. Because the contract ended. And he got hurt in the process. Number three, all of the property, all of the money, all of the farms, all of the vineyards that his father Jonathan and his grandfather Saul owned, he lost it all. And he ended up broken, no money, and starving to death. All because he thought that David and Jonathan had a contract relationship and when the contract ended everything changed but here's the truth David finds out about Mephibosheth he calls for him to come Mephibosheth comes very warily he has to come before the king but he wonders if this is going to be the end of his life and he comes before the king David begins to express to him I wasn't in contract with your father. I was in covenant with your father. And even though he is gone, that covenant extends to you. And he set him at his table. And he gave him favor. And he gave him food to eat. 
He gave him clothes to wear. He gave him a place of honor. He, he allowed him and gave him relationships to have. He gave him back the vineyards and the farms of his father and grandfather. He gave him wealth. He gave him back things. Why? Here's the thing. He was hurt because he was trying to live out a contract, a covenant relationship in a contract. But David brought it back to the covenant. The covenant relationship changed everything for Mephibosheth. I ask you this question. Are there relationships in your life that were designed to be covenant, but you've been living them out as a contract relationship, and consequently, you're dealing with pain from them? You're hurting. You've been hurt by God because He didn't hold up His end of the bargain. You've been hurt by your church because they didn't do what they said they were going to do, and someone talked about you, and Someone said something or did something or didn't check on you and whatever may have happened. You're hurt. Have you been living in contract with your spouse and every time they don't do something right, they don't do the right thing, you're looking to get out, you're looking to get away. Maybe it's with your family and your kids looking for a new family and new kids because this one's not working. What about the close friends in your life? You're supposed to be in covenant, but you've been living contractually and consequently you're hurt. That's what happens, but here's what the Bible says. David said it like this in the book of Psalms. He said, my enemies are circling around me, but God, that's not even what I'm worried about right now. It's my close friends, the people I went to church with, the people I walked with, the people I talked with. They've hurt me. They've abandoned me. They forgot about our covenant, and I'm hurt. He says, God, don't leave me. Help me. Take up my burdens. I want you to know today that if you are struggling with pain from broken relationships of one form or another, God can heal you today. Would you close your eyes and bow your head with me for just a moment? Father, I'm asking you by the power of your Holy Spirit to move in this place. That you would speak to us areas of our life where we have lived according to a contract when we should have been living according to a covenant. We're like Mephibosheth. We are hurt. Maybe it's hurt us financially. Maybe it's hurt us physically. Maybe it's isolated us and hurt us relationally, but somehow, God, we are hurt because we were living out a covenant, a contract, what was supposed to be covenant. I pray that you would bring healing today. God, you said you wouldn't fail us in your unfailing love, but you would pour out your mercy on us. Do that today. Be with us today. Strengthen us. Heal us today, oh God. Lord, your word says that by your stripes we are healed. And yes, that means physical healing. But God, today I'm asking you to heal broken relationships today. Wounds from broken relationships. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.